Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be with you each week and to bring you such incredible and wonderful guests that show you how you can live positive and happy lives. The goal of Positive Living is to really help you gain practical strategies and positive solutions so you can have the kind of life you want. And I'm always happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now. And that's what I believe, and that's why I've done my program. We're in our fourth year on the air here, and I really saw this vision of the Internet four years ago and really believe that this is where the information is, and we're bringing you such great educational and uplifting programming. My guest today is Chloe Tuttle, and she is the owner of the Big Mill Inn, which is in Williamson, North Carolina, and this is a bed and breakfast. And the reason that I really wanted Chloe to come on is because she is very unusual in her style and what she's doing. She has a bed and breakfast that's been in her family for about, well, about 80 years. And she has some really unique features about the way that she works with her guests and the things that she does. Welcome, Chloe. Thank you, Patricia. I'm glad to be here. Well, you know, I, I stayed at your bed and breakfast, and I enjoyed it so much. And I said, well, we have to hear more. And I know it's been written up in several magazines as well. Talk about um, your house being in your family all these years and why you decided to come back and really start a bed and breakfast there. I think, Patricia, um, I'm always drawn to the sea, but, but I always have to have some roots, and it was such a comfort and so, such a safe feeling growing up here. The roads were dirt. We had a 12-party phone line, and I don't know. It just seems like when you come here, nobody can hurt you, so I decided I would come back. My folks died left me the whole house and farm, and it was too big just for me. So I decided, well, let's just have to share it. Mm. How long have you had the bed and breakfast? Fourteen years. Mm. And how has it changed from the way it was, or do you think you're doing things in a very similar way to how you began? I think, I'm, uh, I think it's very much expanded. I think I was almost mom and pop before because I started with one room just passing out cards to I worked at a hospital at the same time to business people, and now... Like you just said in your introduction, the Internet is the, is the main thing. That's the main way I meet my guests. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it's changed. And advertising, the Internet, that's how it's changed. Mm-hmm. Very true. In fact, that's how I found you. That's right. It was on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. And it, actually, I'm looking at it right now, and the website is bigmill.com, B-I-G, mill, M-I-L-L, dot com. And... What's really interesting, too, is is the acres of grounds and that you gather a lot of your food and your herbs and spices from your land, from your garden. Yes. And that, I guess, is my heritage of growing up here, uh, you know, being brought up by farmers. And everybody I knew was a farmer, and we just grew everything. And I I guess by the time I could walk, I had had some plants that were mine. I don't imagine I did all the work, but I think I thought I did. Mm. Now, you do all the work yourself. That's mm. pretty tough, though. Mm. That part is tough because, I mean, during the busy season, you, you, it's seven days a week, all day long, all night long, as it has to be. 
What is it, Chloe, that you like about this? What is it that keeps you doing this year after year? It has to be more than making beds and making muffins. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's meeting the wonderful people. And then I worked in corporate America for a little while, and there's just no security. I guess I keep coming back to the security thing. I mean, no matter how good you are, the business can't be sold, and they want to downsize or upsize or move laterally. But I like being my own boss. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I had to, I could just shut the door and put a sign, gone. I mean, I won't, but I, but I could. Mm. What are some of the lessons you've learned from the guests that you've had at your bed and breakfast? They... Every time they come, they reiterate to me what I thought was important. And I never forget it, and I never lose sight of the beauty of the nature and the creeks and the streams and all. But sometimes it's really nice to share them with the guests. And um, I grew up with this way of life, taking it for granted, but a lot of people don't have it. Some people just want to get away from wherever they are and feel some peace. And I've learned, I don't know, I guess from the guests, I learn something every time I meet one of them, and it's usually positive. Mm. And in terms of how you come up with kind of the creative menus, how does that work? You mean the food menus mm-hmm. or the venues of the B&B? Well, both. Uh, the food menus, um, well, it's, I'm, an, I'm an artist by, by profession, and so it's difficult for me to just take a menu and not imagine what could happen if I changed it. So I start off by making a recipe, then I'll start adding, and then... Since I grew up on a farm and I lived on a boat, I don't always have everything the menu calls for, so I start uh, substituting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get something that's really wonderful. Only once in a while do I get something that you know somebody's neighborhood dog won't even look at, but that's rare. Well, because you probably know what spices and herbs go together at this point, so yes, you I usually guess, yes, it, guess it right for the most mm-hmm. part. Because mm-hmm. it's an art, too. Cooking is an art. Mm. And isn't presentation an art as well? Oh, yes, thank you. That's fun. I like to do uh, edible flowers. Really? Some of your pansies, I don't think they taste so great, but they're quite edible. And in the summer, I use nasturtiums, and they're in the watercress family, and they're kind of nutty and hot, and they're really good. And you put those on what, quiches or? Yes, on the the quiches or the fruits or whatever. I don't have very many people who do actually eat them, but at least I know if they do, it won't hurt them. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about, we have a few minutes left before break, about the land itself where you live. Okay, my father bought this land uh, from a man named Mr. Jim Staten. He bought it in 1920 or 21, I think, and, and he cleared it with one black man, dynamite, and a mule is what my mother told me. Mm. Of course, I don't remember any of that, but now, by the time I got here, it was just a beautiful piece of property, and there were dirt roads, and there's creeks running through it, and... My brother's still here, and my sister's still here, and um, about 10 years ago was the last time somebody in my family actually was farming, and that was quite sad. But we still have our hand in it in that we rent it and we watch it, and we you know, we only went to the people who were going to look after the land. And what do they farm? Tobacco, peanuts, and cotton. Mm. And there's lots of little things that people just don't know, like leaving a hedgerow, leaving a grassway so that the pesticides don't run straight into the streams. And, you know, I read all this stuff because I, I believe in saving the earth, but my father knew it. He didn't call it the same thing we did, but they just knew it. You don't want to lose your topsoil. You don't want to pollute the streams because your cattle might be eating out the streams. I mean, it's not... They just gave it a different name. They reused, recycled, remade, redid. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that as much anymore, do you? 
Pardon? We don't, we don't see that today as much. No, I have to make a I have to make an effort, you know, and I have to and I have some friends who do, but most friends just just don't want to be bothered. Chloe, what's your personal feeling about this kind of lifestyle, which is quite different from, you know, your nine to five on the job or sitting at a desk or, you know, going to the grocery store and buying all your food? What's, um, I mean, there, there are pros and cons. Certainly it's more work. But what are the pluses for you? The pluses for me are I'm, I'm eating healthy food or I'm growing healthy food. And it's creative. It's not very creative. I just go and tear the wrapper off something. Mm-hmm. And. The nine to five jobs so often are so caught up in so much uh, paperwork and red tape that you never really get to do what you went to do. I mean, you, you spend so much time doing the corporate stuff that you can't do the creating or the whatever what you went what you thought you could do. And and here I can. There is a lot of red tape and cleaning beds and all that kind of stuff, but but it 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 outweighs. You know, it it. it the good is how far outweighs the tough part. Mm. What do you say to people who are maybe fed up with corporate America or their job and want to do something different but are a little bit afraid of venturing out and doing something bold that may not pay off financially right away? <laughs> yes, that's, that's part of it. I was going to tell them, if there's two of them, let one of them keep working. That way, while they're venturing out, they aren't, they aren't going to stumble and fall too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know that there's a lot of money to be made in a bed and breakfast because the, because what the, the running the business is very expensive, buying the business and paying the mortgage, and there's no guarantee that people are going to come. So mm-hmm. you really have to love it, mm-hmm. and you really have to love people. I think. So what you're saying is, that if you're going to get away from just the regular paychecks and make sure that what you do, you really, really love. Yes, and make sure you have some extra money to fall back on. I would think it would be a lot easier if one of you still had a paycheck and had some health insurance or those things that the rest of us have to struggle to find. Now, what about the single folks that don't have another person to fall back on? That's when they need the extra savings. Yes, I think so. Or try not to put too much in it originally and just be very creative in their advertising, and the Internet has allowed for that. When I first started, it was something like several thousand dollars to buy an ad in each book, and you had to do it every year. Well, now for 100 or 150 you can get on a good Internet site that advertises, and it, that's 150 a year, and it's way better than just the one book. Mm-hmm. So advertising that, is, is, more, is more competitive, but it is, it is more affordable. Okay. Well, I want to tell folks that you have a wonderful website called BigMill.com with tremendous recipes. And if you go to BigMill.com and you click on Recipes, I'm looking right here at the yellow squash bread, the ginger pineapple spread, the cranberry almond biscotti, the cranberry liqueur, the blueberry sauce, and Chloe's balsamic vinaigrette. And I imagine you made those all up. I did. And, and I throw the blueberries out here in the yard because I had a pine tree mm. that died and I had a big stump. And so I thought, well, what likes acid? So I was blueberries like acid. So I encircled it with blueberries and now I have my blueberries for my recipe. Mm, that's great. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And, again, I want to tell folks that the website is bigmill.com. My guest is Chloe Tuttle, and she's the owner and operator of the Big Mill Inn, which is in Big Mill Bed and Breakfast. And it's in Williamson, North Carolina, which is kind of in the eastern part of North Carolina. Not, not on the water, but a little bit inland. But it's in beautiful country with beautiful trees. 
And so, again, um, bigmill.com. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Chloe more about the whole heritage piece. You know, what is it like to really be part of something that your family began and continue that tradition? So remember, folks, Positive Living is always on Voice America on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and it's rebroadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. You can get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, which is on my website, raskinresources.com, and you can listen to the archive shows on Voice America itself by clicking on to host, looking for Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, and listen to the shows. So you're listening again to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Information you need, when you need it. VoiceAmerica.com This is Dr. Pat Basile, and I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. If you are a self-published author or an independent publisher, you know how difficult it is to gain maximum exposure. For the latest ways to increase publicity for your work, tune in to On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Maxine will interview thriving independent authors and give you the opportunity to call in and have your questions answered. She will also teach you fresh and innovative ways to gain more visibility and enhance sales for your book. The printed word has the ability to record culture and make history. Once again, that's On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Make your words count on voiceamerica.com. Do you ever wonder what's in your future? Why you are the way you are? Or what your dreams really mean? Then tune in and call in to The Jackie Marie Show with professional psychic Jackie Marie. With over a 90% accuracy in her psychic predictions, Jackie Marie answers your questions in psychic phenomenon, dream interpretation, numerology, astrology, hypnosis, recognition of your psychic gifts, and so much more. Along with her co-host, Alan Richard, Jackie also provides her psychic insight on celebrities, politicians, new items, and a mystery of the week. The Jackie Marie Show, broadcasts every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, right here on the Voice America channel. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. 
I'm always happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now. So do I. That's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, successful lives. And we have great guests on each week. Today is no exception. My guest is Chloe Tuttle. She's the owner and operator of Big Mill Bed and Breakfast, which is in Williamston, North Carolina. And her website is bigmill.com. And what's really unique about this, particularly at the holidays, is talking about heritage and having the same home and, and coming back to the same home that you were raised in and then creating a bed and breakfast from it and really working the land. And you don't always see that. And in my book, Positive Living, my first chapter is Honor Your Heritage. And so I, I really believe that's part of positive living. So, Chloe, are you there? Yes. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about heritage. Obviously, that's important to you yes. um, because you could have, you know, you could, you could have bought another house and started a bed and breakfast. Yes, I could. So talk about that whole heritage piece of being part of something bigger than just yourself and the house. Well, I, I think it comes as a package. I mean, the, the house is here, but there's the barns. There's the, when, I, when I can give the guests a tour, the first building that I walk by is the wash house where they used to wash clothes when they used wood in a big old black pot. All of this I don't remember, but, I mean, I've heard the stories. Then there's a chicken coop where the chickens lived, and then there's the potato house and all the tobacco barns, and it was a... Mm-hmm was almost a little um, microcosm here. It was a war within itself because there were five families who ran this farm when I was growing up. We had mules and tractors and mm. five different families. And, and were you part of that as a child, Chloe? Yes, I was more like a visitor because by that time, when I remember, my folks were winding down their own involvement. They were involved, but they weren't in the fields all day long, but they were there. And so I was there working, probably not as hard as my brothers and sisters. Mm. And, and you were one of how many? Three. And my sister's 22 years older, so it was a big spread. They were gone when mm-hmm. I was here. You also said, and you told me this off air, that your parents were older when they had you. Yes. My father was in his 50s and my mother was in her 40s. Mm. But we still were born at home because we lived on the farm. And although we're only three miles out of the town, it was a, a very different world at that time because you didn't run uptown for everything, even though... And I wasn't born in 1800. It seems the farm people kept mm-hmm. their traditions and their heritage dear mm-hmm. and near. Mm-hmm. Do you think your life was different from your sister's because you were younger and your Way parents more. were older? Yes, I think so. I think I had more time. I had time to play with them and, and, and just be a kid more. I think it was very much different, you know, totally different. Mm-hmm. And were your parents able to give you maybe more time? Very much more like like the parents and I give to the grandchildren. Interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, what were some of the things that you did on the farm? Oh well, we were free to run and go anywhere we wanted, all down on the creek and whatever, except when there were loggers or something going to run and we couldn't go. Nobody ever told us why we couldn't go, but we didn't go. But we could saddle up the mules or, or jump on the mules. We could ride the mules. We could go fishing. We took our bicycles and just like Huckleberry Finn, we went to every street. Uh-huh. We went as far away as 10 to 15 miles picking blackberries, mm. got chiggers and everything. And no one ever worried in those days, did Not they? Not one soul, because everybody who was coming along would call Mother and say, I saw Chloe mm-hmm. Ann up the road picking blackberries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hear about that where we live, where, you know, in the old days, the kids just would swim for hours and hours, and the That's parents right. didn't worry. And they somebody else was there. watching you. I mean, if you went uptown, I could only go on one side of the street. 
because of the cars you've had to cross and so, but aunts and uncles and people kind of mm. watch that. Movie. All right. How, how do you think kids are affected today who have kind of the opposite upbringing? You know, they're in, they may be in a more suburban area. Um, they don't know from the whole concept of free roaming <laughs> yes, or free running. So how is their life different and how do you think it, this affected you differently? I think it would be really tough to be a child and, and be taught through fear. And that's what you have to do. Don't go with strangers. Don't eat the candy if it's yep. wrapped. Yep. And I didn't have a bone of fear in me, not one. I, not of snakes of anything. We've learned to respect everything. You make a lot of noise mm. and the snakes will go away. Mm. I would hate to live my life through thinking something's going to hurt me. And, and you know, we're talking about positive thinking. And the positive thinking, I think that nothing is going to hurt me. Actually... People just say, how can you lie down at night with strangers in your house? Well, I don't have a single problem doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody wants you, Patricia, they can kick the door in. It doesn't have to be somebody who's staying at your B&B. It could be anybody. Okay, but if you have no fear, Chloe, and then something happens, then is it worse? I think I would get the fear when needed. I mean, I think if a, if a bear came up on me in the woods, I don't think I would stand there and, you know, make a scene with him. I would do what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then I would, my heart would thump later. And I've had... Snakes crawl across my foot, and I'm not afraid until they're gone, and then I shake and tremble. But, I mean, I've, I guess I've seen enough television. So you think that by having this fear sort of instilled in us, when there's nothing that's happening yet, you think that hurts us in our development? I think it hurts us in that we aren't as open, because haven't you seen people say, what's a snake, i got to kill it? Well, they know nothing about that snake. That snake mm-hmm. is probably eating the mice, and if they didn't have... Mm-hmm. Food for the mice, they wouldn't have the snakes. But, I mean, when you see creatures and things, your first reaction, I don't yeah. think, should be fear. Well, and, and don't you think that could also go into relationships where you're afraid of a relationship because this might happen and that might happen and this might happen in the meantime? Yes, yes, you're yes. not out there enjoying today. Yes, yes, and I agree. And you know what? Sometimes it does happen and it keeps right on happening, you know, and I guess you could either get cynical and live alone or you could stick your neck out there and wonder if the hurt is worth the, the joy is worth the hurt. I well, it's think. the same thing in terms of the snake. I mean, you might get bitten. I might. I never have been. Mm-hmm. And then I just figured out why we have snakes, because we must have mice. So then I picked up all the apples on the ground and moved them, and maybe the snakes and the mice moved, mm-hmm. hopefully. So because you have less or no fear, do you think it gives you the ability to do more, to do yes. more things? Yes, but I do. I'm not being stupid. If, if I'm out alone at night, I don't stop at a gas station and gas up and flash money around and make it. No, no, I understand. Yeah. But you're not, you're not apprehensive about things. You go no. into things fully. Yes, I try to. Mm-hmm. I try to. And, and, so, and I've seen little children, and I've seen them when they fall and they don't get hurt, but the minute their mother looks hysterical, then the child cries mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. senses the fear from, a, from someone mm-hmm. he trusts, so he's afraid. I've heard other uh, other guests talk about that, that it's often how the parent reacts. Yes. Not even what they say that yes. starts to put the fear into the child. Do you see it in children today, uh, maybe children who come to the bed and breakfast or nieces and nephews, do you see a difference in how they behave than how you behaved? Yes, I do, because I have to tell them, the parents, to make sure you watch them because there's things here that they can't play with. They can't, I don't hope, I hope I don't have any pesticides here, but I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, but... We were taught early on to 
to do this and not do this. Just you know, It was just a matter of fact. You knew it. And, yes, I'm kind of afraid for the children because they might just jump in the lake and not be able to swim or run in the road. But then every once in a while, a wonderful child comes here and grabs hold of my shirt tail and says, Chloe, tell me all about the chickens and something like that. And then, of course, they just win my heart over and... <laughs> And they make it all worth it because they must enjoy that because it must be different for them. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And some of them are just so thrilled to see an earthworm or a cricket or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what advice do you give to parents today, Chloe? Well, or I more in to. well, <laughs> what? I try not to. <laughs> well, if you were, I mean, if you know, if if you if you were with a, a family who didn't have any of the kind of outdoor experiences or experiential experiences that you've talked about, um, what, is, what advice would you give in general to parents about that whole part? Oh, my, Patricia, that one's tough. Mm. I guess just try to teach everybody through love mm. and that, you know, everybody is basically good. You might do some bad things, but it doesn't mean you're bad. Mm-hmm. Mm. And to take responsibility for what you do. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of kids are taught today, and you see it, you know, with different cultures, that people are bad, that they should be afraid of things, that the world is full of hate. Yes. And that's a sad thing, and maybe, you know, Patricia, maybe it was always there, and we just weren't tuned in. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, one of the reasons, Chloe, that I wanted to interview you is I really noticed a very almost childlike wonder when I came to your bed and breakfast. I mean, you're, you're so excited about things, the little things, the flowers and the plants and the, the cooking and your guests and what they're doing. And it, it, was, it really struck me because you don't see that so often. I remember you took us for a ride in your big old truck, and, I mean, it was just so much fun. I thought this is like being a kid again. Thank you. And it's kind of like Mayberry, isn't it? I just need Aunt yeah. B and Andy here. <laughs> yeah. And I remember that we went to the country store, and, you know, the folks had been there for 30 and 40 years. I know. In those ways, when those people retire, nobody else will be able to make a living or eke out a living running a country store. So those days are dying, and we just need to cherish them while we have them and maybe take pictures. And you think that other people won't because people won't go to the country stores? Well, they won't go, and then they can't compete with the prices. And if and these people have been living there forever, usually, and all the stores are paid for. If you had to buy the property and make the mortgage, you mm-hmm. probably couldn't make a living selling uh, biscuits and, and colas. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break. My guest is Chloe Tuttle, and she's the owner of the Bed and Breakfast, the Big Mill Inn, and it's BigMill.com. It's a wonderful bed and breakfast in Williamson, North Carolina. On the east, kind of in between the water and the and the flatland, right, Chloe? Yeah, in the in the coastal plains. Okay, in the coastal plains. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of her terrific recipes, some of the things that she has whipped up in her kitchen and created, and some of the things that you can do as well. And remember that positive living is always on Mondays at three p.m. at two p.m. Eastern, eleven a.m. Pacific, and on Saturdays we we broadcast. It's on three p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can log on to voiceamerica.com. The archive programs from Positive Living are on the site. And my website is raskinresources.com. And again, my guest is Chloe Tuttle, and she's the owner of the Big Mill Bed and Breakfast. And you can log on to bigmill.com. And she has some great recipes in here as well. So, folks, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis, and you're listening to voiceamerica.com. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard's Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard's Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard's Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. How can you have a better life on your terms? You can have a better life because you can become better. Stop waiting for everything around you to change. Tune in every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. David Martin, an internationally recognized speaker, will teach you what successful people are doing. So join us Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. I'm always happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. And each week we have amazing guests that really inspire you, and today we certainly have a great guest who does. Her name is Chloe Tuttle, and she is the owner and operator of the Bed and Breakfast called the Big Mill Inn, Big Mill Bed and Breakfast in Williamson, North Carolina. It's in the coastal plains. And you can log on to bigmill.com. She has some great recipes. Um, welcome back, Chloe. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about um, let's talk about the name Big Mill. How did it get its name? Well well 
There used to be a water-powered grist mill about a mile from here, and I played around it when I was a child. And in the 30s, because I wasn't around then, but in the 30s, it, it was water-powered, and, and I heard the rumor that the local farmers blew it up because it was uh, aborting the flow of water for their cattle. Well, then this woman named Miss Sadie bought it, and she ran it with a big fan belt and a tractor. And she, and she ground the best cornmeal in the county, and it was wonderful. And before that, it had been a sawmill, I heard. And I used to go visit her all the time, and she was quite old and didn't have running water, although she had enough money to buy anything she wanted. She just didn't. But I was just so impressed with her not taking anything from the earth. She just, you know, she was... I guess maybe when she could come and leave, and she didn't, she didn't uh, kill anything. Mm. And so I named it for her because it, that was the name of her business was the Big Mill. Mm. Although she's been dead a long time, but there, this mill has been resurrected and recreated about a mile away. And so if anybody wants to see it, it still works. Mm. The man just does it as a hobby. Isn't that something? And you're getting ready to expand the Big Mill in. Yes, and I've, I have two rooms in the house. And I already have two rooms in what we call the pack house. And the pack house is where we kept the mules and the hay, stored any excess tobacco. And I've done the one room called the grading room, and they used to grade the tobacco before they sent it to market. And then I've one called, done one called the corn crib. And they both overlook the lake. We have uh, about three acres of lake. And now I've gotten one half done, and it's in the mule stall. We had four mules. Mm. When we were when they were doing the active farming, and one of them was Mary's style, and she looked to be forty. And I found a um, a receipt for a pair of mules from the fifties, and I think they were five hundred dollars a piece. That's a lot of money in the fifties for a. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the same thing as a tractor, but they live forty years. So what you're going to do now is ex- use that room as another room for your bed and breakfast. Yes. Of course, it'll take me a long time. It always does. I try to do so much of it myself. I like to do the painting and the, you know, the floor finishing and everything. And then, then I get tired because I'm so slow. And then I hire somebody to help me. Mm-hmm. And you want to try to keep some of the original features as well. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. And so I've kept a lot. Of, and I'm using tobacco sticks and and I'm using the same boards on the side. And I left all the gnawed boards where the mules gnawed when mm-hmm. they wanted more corn or mm-hmm. whatever. So interesting. Mm-hmm. My father built this barn in the 1930s. He bought the, the timber in a place called Farm Life, which is 10 miles from here, floated it down a creek, had it sawed at a sawmill, and then dragged it here with a mule and a dray and built it in the 30s. And nothing has been replaced. It is the same wood and the same tin. And, and you're going to keep that? Yes. Mm. But I, we, I guess we don't have anything that nice anymore. I mean, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm. So talk about, we're coming up on the holidays now, we're coming up on the Christmas season. Talk about your feelings about Christmas, the way it was then, and maybe how you're, how you're going to decorate and work with Christmas at the Big Mill Inn. It was always a really fun time and very family, and we always made a lot of our decorations. And I'm actually, while we're talking, I'm making orange slices, I dehydrate them and decorate my tree with them. They look like little pieces of stained glass. They're gorgeous. They smell good. And uh, we used to paint things we found in the woods. And I went to the woods Sunday, and I found a holly tree that has berries. 
Mm. So that made me happy because my father used to take me looking for the holly and the green. So your tree is almost going to look like the way your parents' tree looked. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, I think my tree's going to be a lot prettier because my mother always just threw the stuff at it and then laughed at it. But then she said, well, you can do it again if you want to. So I, I think that was a ploy to get me to do it. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I do have beeswax ornaments that I make. And I just, I, I like the... the Any tips I, for us on uh, easy ornaments to make? Oh, yes. I think you just take the, you take the oranges or mm-hmm. apples or grapefruits and slice them really thin and dehydrate them, and they're just gorgeous. Mm. When you say dehydrate them, do you need a dehydrator? I think you do, or a convection oven. I've never done them in a convection oven, but they would work. And it takes hours. It takes a long time. Right, so you buy one of the, one of the dehydrators. Dehydrators, yes, that's what I use. Okay. Um, any other things that you think makes Christmas very special at your place and maybe some touches for other folks? Smells. I think smells are very important. So I always try to have mulled cider, mm. you know, brewing, and light, and yeah. candles in the window. And I think um, you were going to talk about one of your recipes, and we should probably mention the cider because that would be easy to make and such great for this time of year. Yes, it would, and and it's a and and I, I do it in a crock pot, and that way it you know it just kind of simmers all day long, and it's okay. And and do you want the recipe? Sure. Okay. You have an, one orange, uh, seven or eight cloves, two quarts of apple cider, fourth of a cup of brown sugar, two sticks of cinnamon, an eighth of a teaspoon of ground ginger, and a half a lemon. That sounds great. And then you stick the uh, cloves into the orange or the lemon and slice them, put them in the cider, and then just brew it all up. Uh, on the stove? Yes, on the stove or in a crock pot. Mm. That sounds great. Now, could you add uh, a little libation in there if yes, you want Yes, I was to? just going to say, you can add the brandy after you pour it in each cup. If somebody wants brandy, it's really good with brandy in it. What about rum? I've never tried the rum, but I bet it would be good. Now, one of the things that would be fun to talk about is, is there are folks that, you know, middle age or even younger age that would like to do something like this. They'd like to start a bed and breakfast. And if you have questions for Chloe Tuttle, you can call us at 888-335-5204. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific. So, again, it's time to call in at 888-335-5204. What are some of your tips for folks really contemplating doing the kind of thing you're doing, a bed and breakfast. It doesn't have to be an antique bed and breakfast or refurbishing, but just to start an inn. I guess do your research and how you do that, I don't know. I guess they would they would know what to do. Just travel around and see which ones you like, see how much money you want to spend. And, and, and I've noticed that lately bed and breakfast are quite trendy, I guess, because I'll bet you one out of five people who comes here says, oh, I've always wanted to do that. So I know a lot of people are wanting to do it. And I'm trying to think. Uh, figure out if you can do it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and As you said, it's easier if you can do it in partnership. A lot of people do. Yes, I think it would be. A lot of hus- uh, hu- couples. And 
I know couples who, after they retire, create a bed and breakfast. Yes, I know, and and that that's almost an oxymoron because the the word retire doesn't apply when you run in the bed and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about um, prevent burnout prevention? And what I mean by that is, you know, doing the things you love and getting someone else to do the things you don't. Uh, burnout is usually about five years, and sometimes the people are crying by then because they have just worn themselves so frazzled. And you've been in it for 14 years, and you mm-hmm. haven't had burnout. What and you do mean? all the work yourself. So what's, the, how, what's your secret, Chloe? Oh, my secret is don't do anything the first day you open that you, that you think you might not want to do all day long forever. I hmm. mean, and if you... You know, a lot of the bed and breakfast have eight-course breakfast. Well, you know, that could be a real burnout if you're the only one cooking the eight-course breakfast and somebody comes at eight, somebody comes at nine, and somebody comes at ten, and then one of them didn't show up and you cooked for them. But also, who wants to eat eight-course breakfast today? I know. I don't. I mean, and maybe there's, if there's, you know, that, that's for somebody who's got a staff, I think. Right. So, so and if you uh, don't want to iron your sheets, then don't buy 100% cotton. I mean, think ahead of time what you might not want to do forever. Mm-hmm. And make sure that your bed and breakfast, the rooms are separated enough so that each guest is not annoying the other one. And if you don't think you want to have pets, don't have pets. If you don't think you want children running around, don't have them. You can set your own rules. Every rule I've ever made, I've broken, so I guess you just start. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice because it's like it's having people in your home, so you can set your rules. That's right. Mm. That's right. And then I guess... Um, Try to work with the other innkeepers. They really are not your enemy. What do you mean by that? You mean referring if you're overflowing? Yes, that's right. And and get together with them and talk about, uh, you know, buying some stuff jointly so that if you don't need 10,000 plastic cups, maybe they need 1,000 and a couple mm-hmm. of people need 1,000. Do you do that? No, I haven't yet, but I've, I've talked with my friends about it, the ones who have B&Bs in Washington. Mm-hmm. And don't buy a bed and breakfast in a market that's saturated. Some of the markets really are saturated. You see the town's got 10,000 people and six bed and breakfast that's probably saturated. Mm-hmm. So should you look in a more rural area? Probably not. Probably in the cities, would, I guess you'd probably have more business. In mm-hmm. a city, a college town is probably good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's always events going on in a college. Right. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Chloe Tuttle, and she's the owner of the Big Mill Bed and Breakfast, which is in Williamston, North Carolina. This bed and breakfast has been in her family since 1920. And we're talking about the holidays. We're talking about living in this house that's been in her family since that time. We're talking about heritage and roots and starting your own bed and breakfast and what people really mean and why she loves this work. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the heritage piece and what Chloe's learned from the people who've come through her doors all of these many years. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Rory Garay, president of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. 
Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race stars. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Connecting your world, the Internet's number one talk and information station, voiceamerica.com. How can you have a better life on your terms? You can have a better life because you can become better. Stop waiting for everything around you to change. Tune in every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. David Martin, an internationally recognized speaker, will teach you what successful people are doing. So join us Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. As I always say, I'm so proud of to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now. That's what I believe, and that's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. You can call us at 888-335-5204. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. My guest is Chloe Tuttle. She is the owner of the Bed and Breakfast, the Big Mill Inn Bed and Breakfast, which is located in the coastal plains of North Carolina, in Williamson, North Carolina, and you can log on to bigmill.com, bigmill.com. I've been to this Bed and Breakfast. I felt that it was very unusual and unique, and I really wanted to have Chloe on the program. This uh, Bed and Breakfast has been in her family since the 1920s, and she really understands the meaning of heritage. A lot of her food is right from the land, her herbs and spices. She has edible flowers and almost tills the soil herself. Welcome back, Chloe. Thank you. I know you don't really till the soil the way that your parents did because it was a farm then, but you're still going out there and and using what's on the land. That's right. Yeah. You know, we were talking about tips 
for um, running a bed and breakfast. How about tips for being a good guest? Now, how do we know that we want to stay at a bed and breakfast, and how do we know we're choosing the right one? What do you think? That's a very good question because I get many people who say, we've never been to a bed and breakfast, and they don't know what to expect. And more often, they don't know what to expect of them. My advice to everybody is that every single bed and breakfast is as different as the people who run it. They are all different. You cannot go like the Holiday Inn and expect to see the same thing twice. Mm -hmm. You never will. Mm -hmm. So if you want to eat at a big table with a bunch of people, find, get that type of restaurant. I mean, get that type of B&B. If you want extreme privacy, ask about it when you call and look online and talk to the to the owners, and you'll get a feel for what their bed and breakfast is like and if you sit. And if you don't feel like you sit there, then try the next one. And mm-hmm. it might just be perfect. Right. So what you're saying is you cannot judge anyone by any other one because they're also different. Oh, yes. They're also very different. And I, I advise people to, to stay at a bed and breakfast unless they're very familiar with it. That belongs to an association, you know, like the North Carolina Bed and Breakfast and Inns Association. Because they will at least be inspected, and they have certain criteria that we have to have and we have to follow. And, and, and that's, that's your guarantee that it's not just going to be somebody who nailed a sign up the day before you rode down the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, again, kind of look at what you like. If you like horseback riding or if you like swimming or if you, you, know, if you like historic homes, you know, try to find a bed and breakfast that suits your taste. That's correct. That's right. And, and, and an innkeeper. Because by the time people get here, I know exactly why they're coming here, and you know I know what they might want. To, you know, and and I, I so should you get to know the innkeeper on the phone a little bit? Should you have a conversation with the innkeeper? I like to do that because the woman who's here now is interviewing for a job in Plymouth, and I told her a shortcut how to get there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to look at all the places she's looking to live, and I'm going to either say good for a single woman or not good for a single woman. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that, but I'm going to protect her because I'm going to give her an insider's track. So in a way you're developing friendships. Talk about that, Chloe. Have you developed a lot of friendships from being yes, in business? Yes, I have. Yes, I have, and I have repeat business, and they're just so wonderful seeing them, and I feel like I know them, and <laughs> it's really, really good. Mm. So you're never alone. Never alone. That's right. Yeah. That's right. right we, have a, we have a couple of minutes left. Let's talk about what you have learned most from the people who've come. And I guess what I want to ask you is what you think is the real key to happiness. I mean, you've had people come to your bed and breakfast who've been all shapes, sizes, and had all kinds of different financial standards. Mm-hmm. Is there kind of a bottom line of what you see from people who enjoy themselves and are happy in general and people who don't? I'd have to say that one again, Patricia. That was confusing to me. My phone's trying to die, unfortunately. Well, what do you think is the key to happiness based on what you've seen over oh, the, the years? Key to of, happiness. Oh. I think it's funny to know when you have something wonderful and to appreciate it and not to look back and say, oh, my gosh, life was so wonderful when I was doing so and so. Look around and say, you know what? I might not have a whole mortgage payment, but you know what? My family's healthy. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. To, to know when, you're, when, when life is good and to appreciate it and to think, and I think some some power for it. Mm-hmm. So it's not how much you have, it's how much you appreciate what you have. I think, yes, because most people don't know when they have what's mm-hmm. great until they lost it. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about, before we close, the value of heritage and family roots. I think it's wonderful. It's the, the, and the bloodlines and the blood ties are definitely stronger than water. And coming back here with 
relatives and whatever. I mean, not that I see them that much, but I'm going to be there's a big arm of protection that you know that just just makes you safe. And it's mm-hmm. just you know you can, and I wish my folks could see what I've done with the house. I think they'd be mm-hmm. very thrilled. Mm-hmm. Even though it's an old farmhouse that I keep adding on to, you know, you can find it somewhere if you keep looking. Over. They mm-hmm. did all the adding. So if people get one thing out of this interview, really on owning and operating a bed and breakfast, living off the land, being part of something that's been in your family since the 1920s, um, what would you say? What would you like to leave folks with at this holiday season, Chloe? Oh, I guess that, that people and loving people is the most important thing because if you have a wonderful place, a wonderful boat, a wonderful anything. If you if you're totally alone, if you can't share it, it's not so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So it's all about sharing, and isn't that's what this time of year is? Yes, and this and this farm and this rural heritage is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's more wonderful when I share it with even with strangers. Mm. Any more quick Christmas decorating tips? If people get one thing that might be easy that that is a must that they should do. <laughs> well, yes, I think you put glorious little balls that you collect in a basket and put a run, run a string of wire of lights in there mm. and just plug it in, save it in a, in a garbage, not a garbage bag, but in a laundry bag, and next year it's ready to go. All you have to do is plug it in. Mm. How great. <coughs> Chloe, thank you so much for being on the program. And thank you, Patricia, for thank having you. me. This has been so much fun, and meeting you has been on the line. Thank you. Okay. Chloe Tuttle, owner of the Big Mill Bed and Breakfast in Williamson, North Carolina. Log on to BigMill.com. You can get recipes and all sorts of wonderful things. BigMill.com. Next week, we're going to interview Marianne Szymanski, who is America's leading toy expert and co-author of Toy Tips, a parent's essential guide to smart toy choices. She will discuss smart choices for purchasing toys during the holidays for the kids in your life. And you can log on to her website at toytips.com. And remember, folks, that this program, Positive Living, is always on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can log on to voiceamerica.com, look up the hosts. There are many wonderful hosts on this network. And just, you, or you can log on to look up Patricia Raskin or Positive Living, and the shows are archived on their site. Also, my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, is on my site, raskinresources.com. I want to wish you all a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Um, several of my shows now are going to be pre-recorded because we're going into the holidays, but I want to wish you all a ho- wonderful holiday season, a wonderful Christmas, a happy new year, and just tell you that it's possible to have your dreams come true. It's possible for you to have the kind of life you want. I know I talk to people every day on my program who say so, and I'm finding it true as well. I love you all. Thanks for being there. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great day. You've been listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.